So look, there's something something very important has happened that I think is going mm-hmm. to win uh, the conservatives the election. Uh, late breaking news is that Michael Gove has decided to counter grime for Corbyn by himself becoming a grime artist and releasing <laughs> a cover of a Stormzy song on Twitter. Who would have thought? This is we, the we knew none this. of us expected. Yeah, we knew this about him. There was a thing in a long Spectator article about him rapping at dinners. Oh, oh sh- God. They, they, they deliberately made a Tory, like a Tory press release or something simpler yes. once so that he could rap it. Yes, I remember he, he, that. he's a big fan of chap hop, which is what you oh, would imagine. no. If you put together Tories and hip hop. Chat pop is the darkest cultural export of the late 2000s and early 2010s. Well, my favorite, my favorite little factoid in that is that his favorite chap hop artist, and you're going to wince when I say this, Mr. Mr. B, B, the, the gentle- gentleman rhymer, the of gentleman course. rhymer, yes, uh, denounced him and the Tories. Much so much like <laughs> so much like Paul Ryan getting told to fuck off by Rage Against the Machine. Uh, never meet your heroes. It is exactly the same as that, yeah. <laughs> the thing so I'm what most I- upset about, though, is that uh, uh, that Michael Gove was the first person to do this grime rap shit on Twitter and not Matt Hancock. I'm very disappointed in Matt Hancock. He was beaten <laughs> yeah. to the punch that was rightfully his. Mm. Or at the very least, Liz Truss. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a, he was a real... Do- so what actually happened was Stormzy uh, has cu- came out for, for Corbin. We have Grime for Corbin too. And um, Stormzy said he's he's going for Corbin and then gave a very trenchant, along with lots of other grime artists, have been coming on TV and radio, giving trenchant critiques of the Tories, causing Angela Rayner, a Labour MP, to then say that that Stormzy is both a better rapper and political analyst than Gove. Which is true. Gove to, to then tweet, I set trends, dem man copy. Uh-huh. And Daniel Hannan to reply, big man ting. We're in hell. We are. We are in hell. So- so what's we happened? Look, history, now. history repeats itself. First, apparently, tra- Chap Hop was the tragedy, and this is the farce. Who <laughs> could have possibly known? <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to part two of Trash Futures. Uh, election special our election election collections are going off yes that's right mm. there is an election in moldova that we are going to be covering uh all of the main parties of course <laughs> of moldova uh from uh, uh, locomotive uh yeah. tractor factory uh, only the lib dems can win in moldova <laughs> <laughs> i've seen the bar charts yeah look uh there's if Jeremy Corbyn wins in Moldova there'll be another independence referendum for Transnestria <laughs> um, you can't be having that no, uh, formerly no, Cisnestrian. Mm. <laughs> so we are um, we are ta- we are uh, talking about the uh, Tory manifesto as part two of our um, investigation of just the worst depths of what <laughs> British political minds can imagine. Uh, but first, we're also going to talk a little bit about some academic shit. But before we get into that, uh, as you know, it's me, Riley. I'm here in studio with uh, Mr. Boards, Nate. Hello, how are you? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. And. Uh, I'm also uh, joined on the phone line from Russia with Contempt, Milo Edwards. <laughs> hello, from Russia with Contempt is my new brand indeed. Uh, <laughs> hello to the various FSB agents who are being paid less than the living wage to listen to this. Hey, why don't you guys unionize or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking gig economy shit. 
and from London to Glasgow, Alice. Salam, as we like to say, alaikum. And in a in a startling twist, from <laughs> Glasgow to London, uh, we are joined by our friend John Duncan. The fucking world we live in, man. <laughs> yeah, we um. We 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 sent we sent Alice Alice back mm. up and of course with the one to one exchange program John was some years later sent back yeah. down yeah there's that's, a one in one out policy at Barrack that was 100%. the consensus after the 2014 referendum like, <laughs> yeah um so John is a he's doing his PhD in human rights and how human rights can be used to fight neoliberalism both at home and abroad and I found that topic very interesting but also is a YouTuber you can check out his channel at John Duncan we will link it of course mm-hmm. in the description um, so before we get into the Tory manifesto I just I find this very interesting right where you you your research is all about how concepts of human rights can be used as cudgels with which to beat neoliberalism which I think is very interesting and actually somewhat counterintuitive mm. because um, the basis of neoliberalism is in individual rights to things like property. So I want to give you just sure. summarize what you're doing for us. Uh, the Probably the, the first thing that you'd have to look at with neoliberalism is that at its base it's trying to create a specific individual. Uh, like classical liberalism thought that individuals were naturally competitive like mm. individualistic for example about how folk. young they can have sex yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what adam smith was saying and <laughs> uh, uh, neoliberalism wants to it doesn't think that people are naturally like that it needs to create them through state action that's why you get like the the tension between uh, wanting rollback of state expenditure but also a really forceful state, because the state has to intervene to create the individual. This is, this is Zizek's uh, liberal communists thing, right? <laughs> like, you, the state is going to make you an individual, whether you like it or not. Well, I'm never going to quote Zizek, but presumably. <laughs> <laughs> so, real, so, like, um, the way it was described by Peter Fleming, um, who I talked to in Commie Book Club like a year ago for his book, The Worst is Yet to Come, mm-hmm. is that the neoliberal state is not the nanny state, it's the psycho nanny state. Uh, it keeps you in its clutches and it for and it it can abuse you and it will abuse you and it will turn you into the perfect child it wants but it protects you from outside threats that it sort of makes up to keep you scared yeah and so this is something like um um f- trying to like f- strip away all arts education because people need to be made to study stem so mm-hmm. that they can become you know coders and be competitive in the world economy because we can't let them you know study english or whatever sure the, w- the way i heard it described in uh can't remember exactly who it was, but it was described not as the nanny state, but the daddy state. And I thought that was kinky oh, as hello. shit. I like that. Yeah. Don't worry, the state is only my step government. <laughs> since since nineteen seventy nine, since Thatcher's daddy state, mm. we've been living under mm. like yeah, that that sort of system that's that's the had state to create. It has been choking us, to be fair. Yeah. The, the state has become more mask and more dom and more top with every passing day. Mm. Yeah, we're just begging to be dominated by a fiscal rod of prudence mm. or whatever. Yeah. So, and since um, 2008, there has been a lot of bear. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So, um, if that is the sort of the neoliberal world, you can mm. also see like how that grows up through um, property rights. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, but you can also understand how that's combated by things like declaring universal rights to education, or even by declaring the property rights of indigenous people to like the places they live to keep them from being exploited. Yeah. So how do you, how do we deal with that tension? So, I mean, there's a difference 
conceptually between just the general notion of rights as like they existed under under Marx, like when he was writing about rights being tool of the bourgeoisie because it was just basically property rights and aristocracy rights and the notion of human rights, which are like really different conceptually and emerged in completely different circumstances. Like the, the human rights discourse really began with the UDHR, which was a massive compromise between Soviet bloc and like Western bloc capitalist nations, which included because of the Soviet bloc, the uh, economic and social rights included like the right to form a union or the right to healthcare, the right to education, all that stuff that like requires at least to a degree taxation. There's mm-hmm. that's impossible without it. All that really the, sus stuff. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> are, are things like the the right to housing, which are enshrined in uh, South African and Nigerian constitutions, and. There's a, I think, a difference in what the individual under a human rights regime is compared to a neoliberal one. I've not figured out what that is yet, but I promise I'll get to it within the next three to four years. <laughs> <laughs> Thus, the PhD. It's going to be a long episode, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like the, um, the the trads, uh, the traditional like Marxist uh, opposition to this, right, is that all rights, as you say, are like bourgeois individualism. And mm. we, we don't have, like, a collective right within that framework because it's... You have a right against something. You have a right to some sort of, like, uh, property or, like, livelihood or whatever. Um, I don't know. It, it, it seems as if uh, even with that sort of influence on the UDHR that allows for more social rights and more collective rights, neoliberalism has been able to co-opt them quite well. Um, mm. I, like, just thinking about, like, the International Criminal Court, say, um, and in terms of who gets accused of, of violating human rights. Yeah. Um, the right to a tiny little glass of poison, for example, was uh, <laughs> yeah. exploited no, that's quite the, well. Um, cri- that's the ICTY, Milo. Different court. Yeah, oh, that, that that that's the one that does like uh, Slavs and uh, other people of that nature, and the ICC is the one that does Africans. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> As in the constitutions, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, so the International um, so Caucasian you- Court, as it's once been yeah. called. Yeah, how how <laughs> just like Habib Nurmagomedov suplexes <laughs> you if you're found guilty? <laughs> so yeah, how do we how do we account for that, or is there accounting mm. for that, or, or do we have to hold these things in a dialectical relationship? Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like the, the a feature of neoliberalism is that it's, it's uses formal equality to sort of get rid of class analysis. Like, uh, like the woman under under neoliberalism will be told that she can go out and work, but if she's got children, childcare will be stripped back by the state. Mm. So there's certainly like there is a problem with neoliberalism using rights as a language, but just because something is co-opted like by power doesn't mean it's useless for criticizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, think hire more women guards, etc. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag girl boss. Yeah. Uh, the the thing about neoliberalism is not sorry the thing about human rights is that i think we dismiss it at our peril because it's become like the the language of justice and if we don't use it to pursue progressive politics then we're just like missing a massive tool in our toolkit Mm. so we've got to find a way of using it properly or else we're just like gonna 
miss out on something potentially really powerful. Would I you mean, say I, it's one of the master's tools? <laughs> I mean, I was about to say, this is like definitely the argument here, if you, if you want to be a tanky about it, is that, you know, why use this language uh, that is so readily co-opted? Uh, is that not more likely to lead people away from a class analysis than towards one? Well, I mean, my, my, my thought on this, right, was that it specifically comes down to a lot of these rights that are declared in the, um, the declar UN Declaration, um, especially the ones with the Soviet influence, but also like the way in which um, the language of rights have featured so prominently in the campaigns of like, you know, Bernie Sanders and Jeremy mm -hmm. Corbyn, where we talk about socioeconomic rights as things being that, as, as things that are universalized. And so I feel like every child has the right to an education is almost like the unclass cucked version uh, of even a billionaire has a right to sleep under a bridge. Uh, Riley, that really worries me. And I did a thread about this a couple of days ago that that idea of universality is actually quite limited. And I worry that there's a lack of internationalism there that leads us to just kind of try to redistribute the rights to our various treats and like fancies and stuff in uh here in the imperial core or whatever uh and just everybody else kind of gets fucked like I, I, it's for sure that's for like that's like the the most common argument against human rights from from like an anti-colonial from mm -hmm. a non-western perspective uh i would say that if you're looking at functional victories of non-western like groups or indigenous groups they've often found the most effective tools in repurposing human rights mm. using human rights language and like the food sovereignty movement has used human rights language successfully to to like snatch victories away and it might it might not be the the only tool that we should use <clears throat> excuse me might not be the only tool that we should use to um to fight capitalism as a whole or neoliberalism but i just think that we need to pay at least some mind and mm. find some space within the current like framework for using it sure well, i but mean otherwise... I, I don't i don't disagree but i think it is also very limited like uh, if you take property to be the exemplary right under capitalism mm -hmm. then uh think about like the Dakota Access Pipeline, there are a lot of at least nominally sovereign nations over whose territory it was going to pass mm. who were protesting about it being just on, on, a, on a Humean basis, that's a recognizable interference with property. And they, you know, that did not avail them very much. And I worry that when these things come into, come into conflict with each other, then uh, the capital wins, and the you know it's it's a useful tool as far as it goes. But my concern is that it kind of provides false hope in a way. Would you? Yeah, I, I, maybe maybe it produces false hope. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do agree that I think it's important though, because I feel like you know when you start uh, when you start kind of throwing human rights under the bus as part of like a leftist project, I feel like that's how you end up with gulags. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and, and it's not what we want. I don't know. I've been looking at landlord's <laughs> that landlord's Facebook group, and I'm kind of going back and forth on gulags now. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is a gulag if not the world's biggest flat share? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a we work. Cheap rent. We yeah. we must indeed work. Um, well, I, I mean, my tenants very well. They each get free tin mug. <laughs> <laughs> so I look I I frequently find myself going going back and forth on this right where I tend to think of how um so like that most 
most revolutions produce societies that are more similar in subtle ways to the societies that they overthrew than the revolutions that they planned. So I mean, this is one of the basics of like democratic rather than like Leninist social, like revolutionary socialism. Uh, you revisionist. You can't just <laughs> is that in is that is that like you know, the North Korea is quite a bit more similar to the Chosun monarchy in terms of like the rules and power structures that abide there than it than it is to you know any, any sort of original, no matter how yeah. poorly defined, well, vision of a socialist country. I, I don't disagree. I mean, the, Simon Sebag Montefiore didn't call Stalin the Red Tsar just because he calls everything a Tsar. Like he was, <laughs> he wasn't a hundred percent wrong. And so, like, I, my one of the reasons why, in fact, one of the reasons I wanted to have this discussion was because I think that whether or not what we end up doing is using something we call human rights is that it's important to think of any kind of socialist transformation of society, no matter how far away it looks and no matter how hopeless it looks and so on, as at least in dialectical relation to human rights. Because if there is to be a, um, if there is to be a socialist transformation of society, I personally would like it to be based around the things people need um, and the things people need to live good lives that they'd have reason to want to live. And, the, and also, Alice, what you're saying is very true. It can't just be the people here. It can't just be socialism in one country. But I would I see, I see dialectical, dialectical transformations in societies that have not had, if you like, sort of um, nailed down and sort of quite robust ideas of what human rights should be, even if those rights were largely fictional. Um, I, I, I'd rather sort of, a, when, the old, when the new is born from the ashes of the old, I'd like the old to have at least nodded at the fact that, say, all humans are free, are free and worthy of equal consideration, as Hegel might have thought. Mm. I mean, that's rhetorically at its core, yeah. a, a, a language of like morals. It, like, yes. that's, that's the rhetorical flourish that it uses. I think that's quite useful for, for building collective action if you sort of have a useful and easy to grasp language of morality that you're making up like we're we're fighting for something moral here not just like our own interests but a moral consideration mm. yeah moralism is incredibly tempting and electorally useful uh it but a fundamentally immaterialist analysis and uh, you're all engaging in a left deviation and we'll be shot. <laughs> Damn. A chilling, a chilling, if, if we had human rights, we could stop that. <laughs> <laughs> a chilling warning of things to come. No, I, I, I like moralism as much as the next woman. And like, yeah, sure, absolutely. I just think we have to keep a critical eye on Hegel and the universality of Hegel if we're going to use him to our own nefarious ends. Mm. Oh, no, right. the next woman's pretty Patel. <laughs> <laughs> we're still all being shot, but for different reasons. <laughs> uh, all right, so everybody, uh, if you see Hegel, say something. <laughs> mm. Um. All right, so I'd like to move on uh, a little bit now that we've um, we've all flexed our uh, flexed yeah. our debate muscles. We're now all ready that, now to that take we've got on that out of our systems, and everybody yeah. knows that I don't just make the dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's look every look. It's five percent whatever else, and this goes into that five percent. Um, <laughs> exactly. All right, so it's time it's time to talk it's time to talk Turkey, and by Turkey, I of course mean the Tory manifesto, which has promised, as I can see, a turkey in every pot and a car in every garage. The problem is, all the pots and all the garage spaces are in one guy's house. Yep, it's Jeff Fairburn. <laughs> He's getting <laughs> really into Turkey. Boris Erdogan. 
<laughs> Wait, he's Jeff Fairburn is like the new the new uh, Bernard Matthews. He's just like sitting on a throne of turkey skulls in his house. <laughs> um, tryptophan for the tryptophan god. Gravy for the gravy throne. Uh, so subscribe to my tryptophans. You're. <laughs> Oh, oh, man, I love that. Uh, all right, so here are the headline policies in the Tory manifesto, which was sort of snuck out so they hoped no one would notice it two weeks before the election, but everyone did notice it, and it sucks. But I um, thought it was a do-no-harm document. Mm. That, that's what Laura Koonsberg called it, and, like, yeah, amazing. Mm, uh, well, I mean, let's- how about this? Can we um can we get a little sound effect every time we identify a harm like a little counter <laughs> the, the the sound effect is just Nate if you cut this out me going harm <laughs> Okay all right, so headline policies. Headline policy number one, two billion pounds for potholes. Yes, national cone <laughs> hotline. Hell yeah. It Literally lives again. pouring money into a hole in the road. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, roads that got that way somehow. We don't mm. know how uh. all the roads in the UK got so bad. We just know it happened over the last nine years. <laughs> uh, that's such a like policy. It's just like something like your dad gets angry about. It's like yes. the holes in the road. But he also hates public investment because that's gay. But so he wants like just the, the potholes to go away. Like he can't have like an actual infrastructure program. It has to be something very specific to the thing that annoys the, him. The mind of Dominic Cummings has laser targeted a policy <laughs> that is just for hosts of top gear i mean Damn. that's what the um the, the manifesto is is it's like labor had a comprehensive idea of what like a society that wants to run the tories had a laundry list of random policies that they just sort of spaffed up the wall to use <laughs> boris johnson's own words oh <laughs> it's great yeah, Dan, uh, no, the economic all- policies that have enabled me to buy this BMW M5 have also made it impossible to drive very <laughs> <laughs> new honest- russian if yeah. they wanted um if they wanted this to like actually be a coherent ide- ideological document they would have said no money on pothole filling but they're going to take all of those um all of those uh uh, uh criminals and ne'er-do-wells that that one Tory MP uh, <laughs> Lee wants to round up oh, and so put good. into camps to be to um, be clear it wasn't good that he wanted to put them into camps but it was <laughs> good that the daily mail caught him engineering a photo so fucking funny with a oh, fake just- supporter with Who then said supporter. that he would have them whipped? <laughs> Just so that this this guy, uh, this Lee fellow, could be the like, Daddy "Oh no, State. I'm not so I'm not so as extreme as all that." America, I, Americans, our politics are very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally wait. He's literally doing Zhirino, like uh, Vladimir Putin shit, right? Because like uh, there's this whole like stooge opposition in Russia called the Liberal Democratic Party of Russia, which are- <laughs> <laughs> I hear they're gonna win. Nuclear neither- submarine wallets. Well, yeah, well, they are literally neither liberal nor democratic, and they're run by this guy called Vladimir Zhirinovsky, who's like oh, a running- Oh, I love Zhirinovsky. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's like a running joke in Russian politics, because every time he makes a speech in the in the Duma, it's always just like, well, you know, these gays they have now, maybe they wouldn't be so gay if they sent them down the mine for a few years. I don't know <laughs> why fa- he sounds like favorite, an SS officer. My favorite um, Zhirinovsky plan was that he was going to get giant fans and use them to blow radioactive fallout over the border to a Estonia for yes. some so, fucking reason. So I was going to ask Estonians. what his nuclear policy was. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, he once literally said yeah. we could. He literally once said on the news that we could turn America into nuclear dust overnight. Um, but <laughs> so, yeah, he just exists so. to say something absolutely insane, and then for Putin to go, well, maybe not that, and everyone goes, Putin is very moderate man. 
<laughs> yeah, so this this MP did this, except with someone he was door who was he was doorstepping, like who's he was door knocking. Uh, mm. Then was like, no, we should whip them all. And then it was like, <laughs> but before that, they caught him prearranging that conversation. Uh, it's it, it it was magnificent. But this is the kind of guy they're targeting. But if they wanted to really excite him, they should have said, "We're going to get the prisoners to fill in the potholes, and the King prisoners shit. are going to be everyone you hate." <laughs> and will also um, be the filling for the potholes. Uh, mm. So here's the other thing, right? Um, they've also pledged one billion pounds for childcare. Childcare, half, half as important as potholes. <laughs> oh wait, hang on. no, hang on. I've just thought out now the funniest possible outcome of the election will be that the Tories are the biggest party, but without a majority, and they have to form a coalition with the Liberal Democrats. And as part of the deal, they force the Liberal Democrats into a deal where uh, Joe Swinson has to fill in all of the potholes herself <laughs> <laughs> while wearing the girly SWAT T-shirt, <laughs> a squirrel corpse, and every single one of them. <laughs> um, no, you just, you just into the road. I, I, I figured out a way to. To save the Tories a billion quid, and it's you just your pot your childcare is just this pothole. <laughs> Play in the it's we we pothole. Yeah, and yeah, we're just getting children ready for the world of work. <laughs> the world of the only work that will be left after twenty fifty. It's an internship. <laughs> um. So also, here's another thing that that thing they promised a headline policy that's been immediately debunked. Uh, Fifty thousand new nurses, but nineteen of them are just going to be retained because they'll be prevented from quitting. 19,000, not 19,000. 19, so yeah. 19 of them. I mean, this was the one time a year when Piers Morgan got to be correct about something and uh, like lambaste the Tories about this on uh, Good Morning Britain. Uh, it's it's the, the stop clock was right once a day. Yeah, he yes. cashed in as one journalism chip. Yes. Um, <laughs> so basically, this is the same as the Lib Dems 50 billion pound remain dividend. It's nothing. It's a fiction. It's... Don't like pay it no mind. It, and in pay fact, attention to the, these jangly keys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's the thing, right? This is um, most of these. This is the caveat. There's always a caveat before any of the manifesto talk. Most of this stuff is completely inconsequential because if there's a figure in this, like if you've learned anything about the Conservative Party from us in the last like several years, it's that if there's a figure they're telling you, it's either a lie or mostly a lie like they're like yes there'll be 40 new hospitals but they haven't told you it's 40 licenses of sim hospital like, they, they, it's always just basically a lie so no, well, money down yeah, it is, like that's the thing if you are going to have the worldview if you're if all of your politics are either we're going to like you know wall off the country and machine gun anyone who tries to get in and you're all and you're optimistic end is like people saying you know what if you know you lost your legs but what if you had an app that reminded you to uh, believe in yourself you know mm. all those people have is lionel huts they have a way of relating to the world that is lionel huts and they're treating you like they're lionel huts and you're a credulous homer simpson and they're going to take you for every birdcage and popsicle in your in your um <laughs> in your freezer but you well, see thing is- i'm not wearing a tie at all <laughs> there will um, be there will be fifty thousand new nurses, but twenty five thousand of them can only tell the truth, and twenty five thousand of them can only lie. <laughs> uh, so mostly, we're going to be focusing on the rhetoric. But uh, before we get into that, um, friend of the show, Kieran Dold, uh, the host of the Corner Spady podcast, which is like a lefty German comedy show, I recommend you all check out. Yeah, give uh, those guys a listen. Their politics beats. <laughs> he wa- he he sent me this uh, that he wanted to note that like. 
one of the bits of this do no harm manifesto says we will tackle unauthorized traveler camps we'll give the police new powers to arrest and seize the property and vehicles of trespassers who set up unauthorized encampment in order to protect our communities you know not the traveler communities though they need, to, they need to seize all the uh, the equipment that they're going to use to fill in the potholes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, a, in- yeah, traveler community isn't actually a community. It's just sparkling trespass. Well, they're not. Um, they're not. That's the thing. They're not. Uh, they're not homeowners. No. Um, if you don't own a home, you're not part of a community. No. And, so- and we we come back to the human rights thing again because we're just <laughs> placing some people outside of human. It's very good. Mm-hmm. We love it. Mm. And that's what, but that's why we need Hegel. We need to constantly be expanding that definition. Mm. Um, Is my so, Roomba human? Yes, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. So, um, basically, uh, I, I, with with that with that sort of health note up front and that harm note up front. So, the example of do no harm manifesto. Well, do do some harms, but not the people we don't like. Uh, manifesto. People that don't matter to Laura Kunzberg, apparently. I'd now like to go into a section I've t- entitled that is provides the balance of the um of the episode called hilariously stupid plans. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they let Matt Hancock have a crayon. <laughs> they did. You can tell the bits of this that were written by Matt Hancock. Um. No, uh, it's hilariously stupid plans and also, again, just outright fabrications. Here's the first outright fabrication. We are proud that since its foundation, it is the conservative party that has acted as the steward and guardian of the NHS and its principles for 44 of its 71 years. (laughs) The 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 kind of absurdities. The hostile step-parent of the NHS. <laughs> the Vernon Dursley of the NHS. Which which of those forty four of the seventy one years do you think they were in charge for? I'm was so it- I'm so cancelled for making a Harry Potter reference. Yeah, come on. Okay, it's the exception that proves the rule. It was the best reference to hand. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it was the the steward the steward and guardian. I would have said the Joseph Fritzel. Oh, that's um, quite good. Yeah, that's more of a Milo thing. Though. No, because Fritzel like Fritzel was like horny for his kids in a kind of way. Like the Tories are more like disgusted by the NHS. Mm. Got you. Um, well, also they've been the steward and guardian. Very judicious about your Fritz jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, get your Fritz jokes right. Fuck's sake. <laughs> also, on, the Austrians love right, socialized healthcare. I mean, come on, lads. Right, so yeah, they say it's the steward and guardian of the NHS and its principles. So I guess its principles are uh, no foreigners. Mm-hmm. Um, its principles are uh, seven what else? year oh, yeah. waiting lists at every seven gender identity clinic. Um, and hey, what what if there was a private? Let's sell it to the Americans. Hmm. What what hmm. if your, your what if your hospital cafeteria was brought to you by Sedexo? We are proud that it is coping with increasing demand, but it isn't. It's falling apart. Everyone, t- it, like the BMA and uh, the Royal College of Nursing and everyone says that it's it's not coping at all. Yeah, but all it needs is an attitude adjustment. And the Tories are here to deliver that and nothing else. Apps. It needs more apps. Yeah, it needs- <laughs> the NHS is going to get that bonus sort of positivity from that Instagram post of the white woman, like showing her butthole to the sun. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. We will treat mental health with the same urgency as physical health. Not not at all. Just none. We will legislate so that patients suffering from mental health conditions, including anxiety or depression, have greater control over their treatment and receive the security respect they deserve. I can fire my doctor. Incredible. (laughs) 
Uh, why might people be suffering from anxiety or depression, do we think? Do we think that it might have anything to do with, like, any of the other things that the government has done? Okay, Just look, first so of all, potholes. stop listening to the podcast. We've told you before. <laughs> yeah, self-care is turn off the podcast. Keep yeah. the Patreon on, because we need money, but, mm. like, don't Stop listen. talking to your family, tell your grandma to go fuck herself, burn down your mum's house, whatever it takes. <laughs> also, it's like, yeah, have greater control over the treatment and receive the dignity and respect they deserve by, what, like, price-comparing therapists? <laughs> One therapist says you have to stop doing crystal meth, you shop around till you find someone who doesn't tell you you have to stop? I want a compare the meerkat of therapists yes. right now yeah. mm. i love to try and text to get a therapist appointment and it's like hey thanks for reaching out i'm actually at capacity <laughs> right now slash helping mm. someone else yeah i mean they actually they're very in favor of choosing your pass. doctor they helped lots of people relocate to a doctor they preferred in jamaica <laughs> oh my. we will hell. end we will end unfair hospital car parking charges by making making parking free for those in greatest need. Oh, with with this second with this second clause, you make me think it's almost the Lib Dems. <laughs> for those, for those with the largest car. My, did you did you see on Twitter my favorite version of this? James Ball, noted shithead, Jim uh, Testicle, <laughs> posted about the free car parking policy when Labour announced it and said. Oh, uh, this is a terrible policy. And then when the Conservatives announced a more limited version of it, said, "Well, it's a decent policy, but." Yeah. Well, here's here's an example of why the, of why Labor's policy, well, you know, very ambitious, would actually work is because they're going to take the car parks into public ownership. Hmm. The Tories won't. How are they going to hmm. get a private car park to just not charge people? Are they just going to pay the car parking charges for these people? I strongly doubt it. Maybe you've uh, got to apply normal. for an exemption. Like three week wow. exemption after you get your ticket or something. Oh, yeah, you have to you have to like send Violia a, t- a a video of you trying to tap dance. So that, like they t- just tell the guy to not let you in. Yeah, James James Ball would of course prefer it if it were a policy like um you simply get loaned a parking space at a very high interest rate to help you when you're having a brief problem between one parking space and another at the end of the month. I, I hate well, he- I hate getting sanctioned because I miss my parking capacity assessment. No, I think you're all you're all missing the real opportunity here, which is what if we gave the car, we allowed everyone to take out year long leases on the car parks, and then they could sell shorter leases back to other people, but they could like <laughs> offer free kombucha. <laughs> oh wait, no, no. What happened is that everyone will get ten thousand pounds put into a parking wallet at birth, which can then be taken out directly by the car parks at the point of use, um, and each parking space will cost ten thousand pounds. This is actually one of the themes here, which is a lot of the policies the Tories are announcing are basically the same as the mm. Lib Dems. <laughs> like, there is very little clear blue water between these two parties in their manifestos. So Swin- Swintonism just- has worked. Even outside of a coalition, they're pulling them towards liberalism. <laughs> I was also going to comment on this. I've been trying to stay out because obviously lots of Skype call voices uh, on the policy about the nurses thing, which I know you're getting to. Which there's a, it comes a little bit. But we like the, the ones that are staying because they're yeah, not going. Yeah. So, so something that I feel like escaped notice, but it's really important to mention, is that given how low nursing salaries are in this country, and given that they want to recruit people from abroad, and given that they want to charge NHS fees as well as incredibly high visa fees, which I mean, I can tell you, sponsoring my wife is it's very, very expensive. There was a case. It was this was drawn up that if you were hired as an NHS nurse based on what they're describing here, and you had a you know a spouse and two children, so you were a family of four, you would spend seventy five percent of your post tax income in a year on visas and NHS surcharges because it's that high. 
<sighs> is so much money to sponsor your spouse. Yes. And, and then kids as well. Like it costs easily three to four thousand pounds when you factor in all the things. And that's before the, they, they want to put NHS surcharges, which I think are are currently in like the 400 pounds per year range at 625 pounds per year. And that's per well, that's, person who's that, not a that's citizen. That's because you, you don't bring your family because they're not welcome. You're a gas starbiter to take care of our like aging white people. Exactly. And so, so the point being here that if you if you factor this in, so when you when they charge it, they charge it up front and they charge it for, say, whatever the term of your visa is. So it might be two and a half years for a spouse visa, for example. It might be longer depending on the skilled visas. I don't know. If you think about that, you have to pay in immigration charges, 625 pounds per year per person, and they're doing a five-year visa. Think about how much money that is. And so that's cash. In, a, in effect, what it is, is, um, it, is, is the their their plan for nursing is to offer an exciting pay to play internship opportunity at the NHS for um skilled nurses abroad but who are but so they can benefit from well, labor arbitrage. No, what 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 the what the Tories really want in their heart of hearts is to be the Emirati and Saudi women who are post videos of themselves on YouTube abusing their imported slaves. Yes. Um and I think the difference between them and the Lib Dems is that they're more open about it. Yes. Uh, they're, yeah. I mean, we're one or two steps here away from, like, they take your passport when you get your NHS job. The Lib Dems <laughs> want everyone to have a slave wallet where everyone is given a certain <laughs> amount of money it, to it, spend it, it on slaves. It basically is. It basically is bedpan kafala. <laughs> um, so speaking of bedpan, I'd like to move on to social care. Um, and they actually have a three-point plan. For social care, that's how you know it's good. Hmm. Um, another billion pounds, just spaffing billions up the wall here of funding uh, every year for more social care staff and better infrastructure, technology, and facilities. Um, just so you know, the uh, Alzheimer's Society has estimated that the Tories are promising about an eleventh of what is necessary just for dementia. Hey, but it could be three elevenths of that if they just said fuck to the potholes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why potholes? Fuck to the children. Leave the potholes untapped. Say fuck to all of it. What if we just like the Tories are just like, look, we're gonna spin a wheel and we're gonna fully fund one thing. Everything else gets yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. What about if immigrants the, the, had to pay a pothole surcharge? <laughs> um, the, the maddest thing about the social care is that one of the, their policy is to just open a cross-party dialogue. So their policy is. To get other people to form their policy for them. Uh, what sort of manifesto is... Uh, you're <laughs> it's the Lib Dem manifesto. That's what sort it is. Yeah. Every time the Lib Dems were presented with a difficult problem to solve, they were like, well, of course we'll do consensus decision-making, which Alice rightly pointed out is basically a political cargo cult. I mean, um, uh, one thing I will say is that Joe Swinson has kind of been vindicated with this girly SWAT thing to the extent that Boris has just kind of leaned over from the next row of desks and copied hers. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Um, it's it's is really shocking. Um, yeah, because their second point of their plan is we commit to urgently seek a cross party consensus in order to bring forward the necessary proposal and legislation. Here's the third thing. Here's what makes this the Tory manifesto rather than the Lib Dem manifesto. The prerequisite of any solution will be a guarantee that no one needing care will have to sell their house to pay for it. Uh, just the like <laughs> white knuckle grip on this like nub of people left who still own their own homes. Yes. 
the Tories. <laughs> Don't oh, worry. Yeah. You won't have to stop being a Tory. You can keep your house. <laughs> yeah, Fairburn. And all of the massive extensions you've built on it with your 3D house planning. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait. Like- I just thought of an amazing Tory policy that would actually work. It would be like help to buy, but for like the, the demented elderly. So like help them help them invest all their money in a house that's a really bad investment, but they don't know that because they've gone senile. This was called the subprime mortgage crisis, Milo. <laughs> <laughs> now that was for guys called like uh, Tony from Miami, who's uh, got uh, bought four boats. Um, I want to before we move on to the next thing. I want to make a cert. Yeah, okay. So just like um. The, this actually has twice as many mentions of universal credit as the Lib Dem manifesto at four. <laughs> um, so this is from their support working families section. Since 2010, the conservative conservatives have, and Alice, get your harm buzzer out here. Okay, ready. Helped more than 1,000 people on average to work every day. Harm. <laughs> um, so... I love to be what? helped. I, I love being helped. Um, <laughs> you can you can help someone across the street. You can help someone into like a car. You can help someone into work. Uh, all of all those things are the same. Prod. Yeah, all with the um, castle prod. So just I've decided that what uh, the two things I want to search to see if a manifesto has grasped the political reality for like anyone at all outside like the people the politicians know Food personally. Bank is uh, you search Food Bank, Universal Credit, and Grenfell. Universal Credit's mentioned four times, and the first mention is, this is why we will continue to roll out Universal Credit. <laughs> Haven't they the been second- rolling it out for like four and a half years? Uh, yeah. It's, um, it's, get- it's getting patch notes. Like, any day it's like- now it's leaving early access. Uh, <laughs> It's no, it's it's the new, it's the Universal Credit Cinematic Universe. There have actually been several uh, editions. Over the next government, we'll maintain our commitment to punching you repeatedly in the face. <laughs> um, the mm. second mention is we the will Andrew do more Tate to make manifesto. sure we will. <laughs> yes, this is not the Do No Harm Manifesto. It's the Andrew Tate Manifesto. <laughs> we can't Listen, just say everything is I don't want to go to some Andrew lame Tate. club with you and your dodgy benefits claimants. <laughs> we literally <laughs> just said the Lib Dem manifesto was Andrew Tate. Not everything can be Andrew Tate. No, but this <laughs> is the Lib Dem manifesto. Andrew it's algebra. <laughs> it's just it's Tate saying. world. The Lib manifesto equals Lib Dem manifesto equals Andrew Tate. So, um, the second mention of universal credit. We will do more to make sure that universal credit works for the most vulnerable. Uh, they don't say what that is. They say they'll end the benefits freeze, but universal yeah. credit, they're still like, they have still slashed the budget dramatically. Um, and also the main carer in any household uh, using receiving universal credit will be supported. Again, it doesn't say how. And the they fourth will receive mention is one shiny penny. Uh, mm. And the and the fourth mention is just a repeat of that in the crime section, where it says we will <laughs> continue to fight crime against women and girls, um, including rape, FGM, and forced marriage. Our support for the main carer receiving universal credit will help re- give greater independence to individuals. So it's mentioned four times, but in reality three. Um, so here's what else they say. Uh, we want, this is in a support working families, the section. So this is about the social system. We want to cut taxes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go Why? Off, I guess. Why though? Um, because it, ca- it's worked because it made everyone not poor every other time they've done it. It's one of the like mad lies that's in the manifesto is that they don't, they, they say that under labor, 
every household will have to pay an extra £2,400 in tax. They like cut out the on average bit and they've just said every household is going to have to pay yeah. for this. John so McDonnell just- is going to come round your house <laughs> with a sledgehammer and some of the lads. Yeah, in the, conte- in the context of John McDonald caving your door in, families having less tax is probably quite popular in their minds. Yeah, because that, that's exactly true. They say on average, families will have to pay that much more tax, but on average, every family has some of Jeff Bezos' wealth, so... Right, but they don't even say on average in the manifesto. They just... Yes, they don't. They don't at all. Yeah. It was very oh, much like man. that guy on the in the Question Time audience who was like, "I I will get taxed more, <laughs> and I don't accept that I'm in the top five percent of earners with my eighty thousand quid a year salary." And someone did the maths and worked out that he was going to be paying something like thirty six p more a week. Mm. It just yeah. incredible. Enough weeks. There's a BMW M5 in that, and That's the potholes will be fixed by then. Yeah, so he, like this he, is he was using that thirty six p. So. You can get a Freddo and change with that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe in Glasgow. <laughs> um, Listen, you've got to go with the statistics, and on average, everyone in Britain owns a home and has one testicle. I don't see what the problem is with this. <laughs> Look, on average, the women in Britain are able to give birth to a baby working all together in minutes. <laughs> um, we will raise the national insurance threshold to £9,500 a year, representing a tax cut for 31 million workers. Oh, God, no, I just realised something. They yes, have what? absolutely like Arm. done that average fallacy thing, but as they've applied it to the pothole thing, we're just going to have a thousand workers with shovels fill this pothole in a second, <laughs> <laughs> and then unfill it, and then refill it. <laughs> just the one pothole. <laughs> yeah. Um. Our ultimate ambition is to ensure that the first £12,500 you earn is completely free of tax, which would put almost £5,000 per year into people's pockets. That's a lot of money. In fact, it's a lot more, it's worth a lot more to you than uh, like a functioning health service or a train that doesn't fall apart every five yeah. minutes or yeah, because you can anything take of that, that nature. You could take that £500 a year and you could use it on the first of 40 That's... installment payments on an MRI. Yeah, do, do you mm. know how many Steam games you could get with that? <laughs> oh, God. Damn. Um, a, a number of workers, disproportionately women who earn between tw- ten and £12,500, have been missing out on pension benefits because of a loophole affecting people with net pay pension schemes. Which you implemented! <laughs> who knows how that got there? Idea. Yeah, also, it's like the, the Tories trying to be whiter than white on, like, wanting women to get their fair share of pension benefits when it was the Tories who just, like, took all the women's between, like, 60 and 70s pensions away. <laughs> well, you know, they're learning. They're fa- this is this mm. is total Liz Truss. Matt- it doesn't look like a Liz Truss, Matt Hancock policy, but it's Liz Truss, Matt Hancock style mindset, which is, look, we're owning our mistakes. We're failing forward. We're doing a weird Caroline Calloway post where she like shows her butthole and is like, my dad killed himself. It's just that, yeah. but for- her dad is just David Clapson. Awesome. Very yeah. strange. A very strange woman indeed. Um, so here's their section on crime. Um, we will Crimes, back our we're going to do them. we will back our police by equipping officers with the powers and tools they need to keep themselves and all of us safe including tasers yes Uh, yes yes. we're building robocop i fucking love it um i think we can drop in harm here for sure (laughs) big harm um but also we will protect people from physical attack or harassment whether for their sex sexual orientation ethnicity religion or disability and expand funding for for and protect places of worship 
unless not if they're campaigning for the Labour Party. Uh, yeah, I, I I missed uh, uh like gender identity in there, and also I enjoy being killed by a PCSO with a grenade launcher. Hell yeah! Oh, yeah because no, the PCSOs they're... wouldn't be allowed to carry the grenade launcher. They would merely be able to direct fire using <laughs> the radio. True. Yeah, they're like, like how, an artillery officer. <laughs> I like how we're, we're, we're like living in the bright, glittering future, but it's the bright, glittering future of fucking Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> we um, don't even, we yeah. don't have food as good. Like, there's no <laughs> noodle stands. Imagine imagine being a PCSO though. Like like I'm an intern at fascism. Like I'm allowed to like I'm allowed <laughs> like, to help. They let me carry the baton sometimes, but I'm not even, allowed to use it. I think what's even sadder than PCSOs is special constables because the gig economy has gotten even to like the uh, servants of the legitimate monopoly on the legitimate use of force where if you want to be a cop you have to do it for free for a couple of years and you're part time <laughs> there's definitely to a come town bit like that, to be done that I won't do about special constables and what kind of people they are <laughs> um, but also just so you know um, recently, just a really short TSG van recently <laughs> uh, a a swastika was drawn on the wall of a metropolitan police building that only staff had access to. First of all, how could they tell? And (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, that's these two, these two sentences, let's arm all of these people more, but Hmm. let's make sure that, that we're protecting, um, people from physical attacks yeah, and so it, it's on. It's not like tasers mm. everywhere they've been introduced almost instantly turn into a convenient way of torturing people rather no. to like extract compliance rather than for any like safety benefits. No. No, no, no. I mean no, that, that's that story about a swastika being painted on the Met police wall really like shows the lie of the idea that policing in communities where there's high crime works because the highest number of police officers are in the building and they did the crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro- broken window theory. We should abolish the police based on them having allowed that to happen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, master's tools. Um, immigration. Here's what else I say about immigration. I bet it's cool. Is, is it uh, pro or anti? We want the UK to be a magnet. See, this is a thing, right? We know that they're in reality, they're going to induce a series of like punitive sanctions. And like Nate added earlier, like they're going to make it more expensive and harder and more fucked for people to like come into the country and use that to abuse them. Immigration, the only time in British public life where you can pay £3,000 for a form. However, I've decided to, to focus a little bit differently on their section on immigration. Where they say, we want the UK to be a magnet for the best and brightest, with special immigration routes for those who make the biggest contribution. <sighs> Points-based Australian-style migration. Fuck off. We- Famously great yeah. <laughs> immigration no, no, no system. No problems. No problems <laughs> yep. there. They've, uh, they've never made a single prison island. No. <laughs> um, That's a weird specific. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure we... Like, what are we where are we going to put ours? Uh, Jersey, Guernsey, or Sark? Maybe Sark. Isle of yeah. White. I don't know. Yeah. I think Sark really... might not be big enough. Yeah, I think it yeah. was the I think it was the Isle of Wight and Children of Men, which definitely does seem to be uh, un like unsettlingly prescient in terms of where we're heading. So yeah, mm. probably. Is Children of Men, Boris Johnson's biography. Or... <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> I really think of men. <laughs> we we really shouldn't have given uh, Alfonso Cuaron and Mark Fisher the lathe of heaven. No, no, we should yeah. not. 
We should not have done that. Uh, so we will overhaul the current immigration system and make it more fair and compassionate. What happened to the Windrush generation <laughs> two, was horrific. Two things we love being. <laughs> what happened to the Windrush generation was horrific, and we okay, will ensure wait, wait, it never happens we, again. We need to, not for, not the harm thing here, but I will do another one. Passive voice. That's exactly what I was going to mm. say. That what passive voice was incredible to the Windrush generation? <laughs> Look, yeah. some documents were shredded, yeah, the, the, the environment they, got a little worse. It was climate change. They tripped, climate change is the hostile environment. Look, they tripped and fell onto a deportation plane. It happens. I can't believe uh, the amount of accidental deportations that happened under that government. And, and now, should now I admit that we should never have put the fair and compassionate button right next to the deport all the black people <laughs> button. It was a terrible mistake. It was bound to happen. We see that now. All our losses was lessons. Here's another Instagram post about me saying every bad thing I've ever done, but it's in my lingerie. Um, I, that's right. That's why that I'm most I'm most interested in that new trend of people taking like very confessional and strange Instagram posts. But it would have been funny. a more memorable ad for Matt Hancock than the one he recorded, where he's just sort of walking towards as the camera backs away. <laughs> we are committed to the Windrush compensation scheme, which appears to be we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, love, love to be compensated with a free what, what parking space at any NHS doing, hospital. What we're doing yeah. is we're compensating everyone who lost jobs from Windrush with new jobs. You know, like Amber mm. Rudd filling potholes, like, compensating yeah. them with a brand new ticket to, <laughs> to the Caribbean. <laughs> mm. uh, our st- and here's the other one: we're going our on startup- a, uh, a cruise. Yes, <laughs> our startup visa, alongside new rules for those of exceptional talent, will ensure we can attract the entrepreneurs of the future who want to start great businesses here in the UK. Awesome. <laughs> like, you know, e- exceptional talent definitely origi- originally said fantastic norks, and someone was like, Boris, we can't say that. All of these visas went to Sweden for some reason? I, I think this is another Matt Hancock, Liz Truss one, though, where they're like, you know what? Uh, we like look Adam Newman he's currently unpopular in the United States because of his massive pyramid scheme but what if we got him to do a massive pyramid scheme mm. here mm. exactly you know? yeah well why don't we keep the pyramids in the country there's a housing crisis <laughs> we can live in a pyramid <laughs> got to preserve uh, that Irish heritage mm. uh, here's a here's one that like I I really I really had a hard time reading oh good it is a basic point of principle and natural justice. Harm. <laughs> that you should, that I am should, the law. <laughs> that you should not be able to take out before you've put in. Oh, yeah, that one. Uh, the oh, rhythm wait, so this is about fucking now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a basic point of principle and natural justice that you should not be able to take out before you have put in. Uh, meaning about contributing to the country. Just so they say, I hate it. What when, the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> I hate um, it when newborn babies get healthcare. Fucking yeah. freeloaders. <laughs> um, or also, like, it's, but it's go- it is definitely good that, say, um, Richard Branson's idiot kids get to keep profiting from, like, the privatized <laughs> railway system or the privatized mental health care system in the home counties. Um, they mm. actually, they got, um, they got to pay it forward from their dad. Mm. So he yeah. put in, he, so he they put in so out. much that they we can just, put yeah. In, yeah. We get to put in and we then put they in can in take out. Yeah. Indeed. Um, of course, we should help those in genuine need, especially those who have fled from persecution. I want to address <laughs> this issue. As long as they're fleeing persecution in the sense of like they're fleeing being like uh, taxed or prosecuted for stealing government resources. <laughs> but yeah, Ro- same- Roman Polanski fleeing the persecution of like U.S. courts. 
Uh, but at the same time, it is both fair and right that, as in other countries, people that making the UK their home should pay into the tax system for a reasonable period of time before they can access welfare. So that's what they mean. Yeah. I see. Um, I see. So, we, so what about like extremely rich people who should they pay into the tax system for a reasonable period of time uh, before they can access their luxury flats that are just sitting uh, empty? No, mm. Alice, you see, they have to pay the same £620 per person that anyone else has to pay uh, ah, coming I into see. the country. I see. Yeah, it's a, mm. it's a flat tax. That's, that's fair because mm. it's, it's the same for everyone. That, that's natural justice. I understand now. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's natural. You know, justice, like in nature, like you find it sort of in trees and rocks and stuff. Hmm. You know, natural justice. Natural, nat- with taxes. <laughs> like, natural tax justice. Like, uh, who is like, I can't remember, who is like the, who is like the psychotic natural law theorist? Is this that like is Hume. some kind of bit of, yeah, that's, it, it, but also isn't it a bit of like weird Catholicism as well? Hmm. Like, uh, is, is this just all of a sudden like a Thomas Aquinas manifesto? <laughs> Damn, Hume among us. Um... <laughs> Housing. We will maintain our commitment to a right to buy for all council tenants. Oh, great. Because that works out wants. really well. Mm. Yeah, it's great. Um, because, you know, you don't have a stake. This is what the manifesto says. You don't have a stake in your community unless you own the house. Mm. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, no one owns their house now as a consequence of our policies. So, we have to do is, something to square that circle. Well, this is like, I mean, they talk about, you know, capitalism having inherent contradictions, but like what has the most inherent contradictions is Toryism because like they rely on enough people owning houses for there to be enough Tories. But if you do Toryism for long enough, not enough people own houses. Yeah, this so they is... start having to do this weird thing where they have to keep immiserating people, but also <laughs> desperately try to make them buy a house so they can become a Tory. Yeah, th- this is kind of what happens when you graft uh, Milton Friedman's ideology onto uh like landed gentry wig shit um such a good combination it's been working out so well here and everybody put on your um cdo hats because here's another (laughs) one oh no we will encourage a new market in long-term fixed rate mortgages you know it's always good when you encourage a a market in mortgages um which will slash the cost of deposits (laughs) Ah. Amazing. So five pounds uh, down. Fuck it. They've actually managed to make the uh, help to rent scheme from the Lib Dem manifesto the less evil option. <laughs> oh, mm. oh, oh, Alice. Oh, Alice, you poor fool. Oh, good. We will bring in a better deal for renters. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Hit me. Fucking hit me. Mm. Including abolishing no fault evictions and requiring a lifetime deposit, which moves with the tenant. This creates a fairer <laughs> rental market. If you're a tenant, you'll be protected from revenge evictions and rogue landlords. And if you're one of the many good landlords, we strengthen your rights of possession. Okay, so this is this is just a genuine this is just a genuine question. Like, what the how the fuck is a lifetime deposit in any way better than the deposit you have now? Because presumably, a your landlord can still fucking just keep any amount of it if they want to. And b like, if you continue renting, you end up making effectively a lifetime deposit anyway because you get your deposit back or don't when you leave a place, and then you have to immediately put a deposit back on somewhere else anyway oh milo 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 as ever you looked at one side of this equation but not the other where do you think the funding for the long-term fixed rate mortgages which have a five pound deposit comes from it's just fractional reserve banking where we're pooling all of the rental deposits in the country to pay for other people to buy their second buy to let there was a word for uh sort of pooling all of those 
obligations of debt as some form of collateral. Is is there a word for that? I- um, it mm. sounds to me like an obligatory debt collateralization. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that's that's just my crackpot theory of what they're doing with the single tenancy deposit. Is they're going to loan <laughs> it back out to the mortgage to the the people getting the mortgages? I have no evidence for that. But the mm. fact is, that's all they say of um uh, on their better deal for renters. That's it. We don't know what else is there. Just something about a deposit. But I'm they- curious who the good landlords are. Who, who are these good landlords? I've, I've it never was, fucking it, met one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the guy who put like a perspex shield over the thermostat is a good landlord. Um, in fact, Amazing. you know what? I've decided that this is one of the ones I want to go into because like, again, it's a, it's a document that's very hard to read. It's like clawing at smoke. Um, but I'm going to actually go into this one a little more. They say the biggest problem that young people face in getting on the housing ladder is the deposit. There are more than 3 million people, many with good jobs and secure prospects, who would have been homeowners before the economic crisis in 2008, but have been locked out of the mortgage market. So what that's saying is, well, fuck all the others, of course. Yeah. We're looking at the deserving poor. <laughs> of course. Speaking <laughs> I mean, of someone between has- this, You'll have to cut this, but between this and Grenfell, Tory's very keen on making people claw at smoke. <laughs> God, yeah, we will have to cut that for sure. Um, we also, okay, we will offer more ho- homes to local families, enabling councils to use developers' contributions via the planning process to discount homes in perpetuity by a third for local people who cannot afford to buy in the area. So, you know, no one from outside the area or country. Local houses for local, local people. Local people, yes. Uh, mm. So they are stealing a bit from labor here, in as much as they're stealing a bit from the League of Gentlemen. No, I, oh, because this is this is just what Margaret Hodge said, basically. Mm. You know, when she outflanked the BNP to the right. Mm. Um, we will maintain our commitment on right to buy. Um, great. Um, and we'll extend help to buy from 2021 to twenty twenty three. Uh, so good that thing that's underwater and is causing a lot of people like mortgages to go belly up and is going to be the cause of the next Mm. housing crisis if one of these policies doesn't just hypercharge it first they're doing more of it Mm. also also quite possibly literally underwater by that time (laughs) uh oh yeah they're um uh, i'll get to that yeah you'll get to that but Mm -hmm. we will reform shared ownership making it fairer and more transparent you know where you sort of half buy it from your landlord but they keep being your landlord more or less forever Mm. but you've somehow paid them a deposit on the house you know that they're gonna they're gonna reform it uh, and simplify it by setting a single standard across housing <laughs> yeah, associations. I, I actually live in my house is technically a cause. <laughs> we will continue our reforms to leasehold, including be- implementing our ban on the sale of new leasehold homes, restricting ground rents to a peppercorn, and providing necessary mechanisms for redress of tenants. So leaseholds also does tend to be cal- classed as homeowners. So lots of help for homeowners. I'm just going to search the term Grenfell. Okay. Oh. They mm. beat the Lib Dems. One mention. <laughs> wow. Damn. Yeah. I, is it we are morally responsible for this outrage and will be haunted <laughs> by it every day of our lives? Uh, almost. Yeah, close so enough. we're going to teach people to be smarter so that they can outrun cladding-based fires. <laughs> so here's in the section- Which places happening for some reason. In the section, mm. places we want to live in under the tag building safety. Following the Grenfell tragedy, there has rightly been a focus on building safety. Again, they could have just stopped there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep, mm. that's mm. right. <laughs> end of end of policy. <laughs> Dusting off no, hands. Nothing to see here. <laughs> no report or review can truly capture the heartache, sorrow, anger, and grief. They really listed the emotions there. Yeah. Mm. That padding the word count, like Boris in his book. <laughs> that many people feel. We have and already. So that's com- why we don't want to do one. 
We have mm. already committed to implementing and legislating for all the recommendations of the Hackett Review and the first phase of the independent inquiry. We will continue to work with industry housing industry good housing associations and individuals to ensure every home is safe and secure. And we will support high-rise residential residents with the removal of unsafe cladding and continue with our rigorous process of materials testing. Except they've, they've resisted at every turn to kind of do any of that. And when it came, push came to shove, blame the firefighters. it's still happening. It's still happening. In the, there's a bunch of student housing up and down the country that Alice, still has the Alice. same cladding. Alice, One is of them any caught of that- fire like, last week. Is, is, is bringing that up going to cure the heartache? Uh, well, the, the reason that it's not changed is because the reports are so difficult to read and it's hard to capture all of them from <laughs> like the, the policies yeah. that it should be implemented. That, 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 that's true. I'm not centering the grief of the Conservative Party enough mm. in my analysis, and I will do better. Yeah, well, yeah. I actually heard that it was all the London Fire Brigade's fault, and since the London Fire Brigade is only a problem in London, therefore the rest of the country doesn't even <laughs> need looking at. Yeah. See that where the conservative manifesto has has you out logic at every turn. Mm. So here's a, here is I think probably I have a couple. Uh, there are a few more of these. Uh, here's my my one of my favorites. Backing entrepreneurs, and this is another section in full. <laughs> every day, people risk their savings and their future uh, by living in properties the conservatives clad. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> every day, people or risk is it their by savings. Coming to the UK in the back of a truck. Every day, no, 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 those aren't risks. Those are uh, dangerous lawbreakers. Every day, people risk their savings in their future by becoming entrepreneurs. Every day. I can't count the number of times I'm walking down the street and I see a new entrepreneur just. <laughs> yeah, you just go super up a sign. Yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. you just start glowing and you'd like yeah. float a foot off the ground because you're starting a small the business. the entrepreneur app and it's fucking. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, like, to become you be- an entrepreneur, you need to buy a stovepipe hat and those aren't cheap. <laughs> also, if you become an entrepreneur in your business, fails, you might get a golden parachute of only a few hundred million dollars. Mm, you know? Yeah. So this is a big risk. They invent the new goods and services that improve our lives. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I would ask this, when was the last time that you found a new good or service that actually improved your life? I don't know, I've seen that Tesla truck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, Alice, I, I was actually thinking about this the other day because I was looking for a restaurant and I was like, huh, Google Maps sure has made finding a good restaurant marginally easier. <laughs> okay, so that's one. Like, mm. we, we found one. I, personally, I'm still out here, like, I can't even get a whole box of the dark chocolate Ferrero Rocher. So I, capitalism has failed, clearly, yeah. in terms of providing us innovation. And here's actually their first green plan. From, it's from the same section. From decarbonization to expanding the frontiers of artificial intelligence, they are tackling some <laughs> of the great challenges of our time. So that's the important thing. The Tory manifesto, we're not going to challenge the tackle the great challenges of our time. Entrepreneurs are going to do that. <laughs> I like how they go for those two similar issues. Mm. <laughs> we want to be a nation of startups and of successful scale-ups. This, is, a, this is very much like the Maoist thing where everybody has to have like a blast furnace in their backyard, but everyone has <laughs> to have a startup incubator. <laughs> we, we have more unicorns, billion-dollar tech companies, than any other nation in Europe. But um, th- yeah, but that's like the Titanic saying we, we have, have more floodable compartments than any other cruise ship in the Atlantic. <laughs> Look at this! Our economy is based on these bizarre debt finance <laughs> ventures into into just beyond credibility. Just this <laughs> giant soap bubble. But we have a really big one. 
Yeah, like, exactly. Like we have this amazing ferry company with no boats. It, that's so <laughs> nimble. <laughs> I sure hope there's no financial crashes predicted in the next one to two years. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> looks only watch theatrically. <laughs> only if only if labor does the wrong kind of borrowing. Oh yeah, you know yeah. that's not to support our boys in uniform and make sure our entrepreneurs have a great place to do business. Because yeah, we I all mean, know that the type of debt that caused the financial crisis was government debt. I yeah, mean, uh, there is a real terror here yeah. that like mm. labor gets into power and marginally ameliorates some things, only for it to become completely irrelevant as the next financial crash hits and then gets mm. blamed for that. So that everybody could be yeah. cool. Everybody close your eyes and stop thinking about that. Don't worry though, there are lots of good British businesses producing amazing products like uh, Chex Notes flammable cladding. <laughs> I mean, it's just like uh, often I will spoil the episode by mentioning something that we're going to do later, like say flooding houses. Uh, but this is the first time where I've done that for an episode two years in the future. <laughs> Just remind me of this in two years' time okay. and be like, uh, yeah, you called that. Uh, so uh, in two years, we're just going to release uh, Alice saying harm. Harm. <laughs> <laughs> Every so this is entrepreneurs. Some measures have worked, but we need to go further. As with R and D tax credits, we will increase the tax credit rate to thirteen percent and review the definition of R and D so that important investments in cloud computing and data are also incentivized. It's the same policy as the Lyft. Yeah, <laughs> nobody knows what any of that means. It basically what? means, but it's if, provocative. If, well, no, what it means is that Gets if you're the like people going, if you're like Jaguar Land Rover and you're gonna like just put all Jaguar of your Jaguar um, Land Rover. Or it's just some big company, it doesn't matter. It means that the government is going to subsidize you, you like buying cloud computing. Hmm. That's what that means. So, hmm. but, so we've gone from the home building thing, which was Jeff Fairburn's personal subsidy, to one for Jeff Bezos now. This is yes. literally, we have a, a, a governing ideology of giving money to people named Jeff. <laughs> mm. Um. We also have to recognize that some measures haven't fully delivered on their objectives, so we will review and reform the Entrepreneur's Relief Fund. <laughs> Damn. For entrepreneurs course, on hard times. Supporting enterprise is not just about championing businesses. More people than ever are moving into self-employment, especially women. I wonder why. Girl I, I, boss, I'm, girl boss, girl <laughs> boss. I'm glad Damn, to see that they're Watson spending shit. so much time on entrepreneurs as opposed to other reviewable policies like universal credit or... No, that one was good, remember? It encouraged people back to work with that cattle mm. prod. <laughs> I mean, also, also, nobody is employed. Uh, I, I realize that's the goal, but for something that purports to be a statement about the country as it currently is, no one has a job. You're an entrepreneur or you're self-employed or you're unemployed and being helped into a job, but no one actually just has a job and has perhaps rights in that job uh, of their employer. No. no Everyone no, no, has no their one... own podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically, it's an economy where more or less everybody, except people on zero hours contracts who are actually doing all the stuff, are just sort of scamming one another. Do you think we could get that entrepreneur's uh, tax credit? Podcasters and YouTubers tax credits. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cut that out because I actually want to see if we can get that. For fuck's sake. <laughs> um, that includes improving their access to credit and finance. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> hell yes. Let's this go has never gone badly before. We just need to look. There's housing and businesses and ideas, and we just need to make it so that all of it is based on lending. And don't worry, the government mm. will back all of the lending. Everything's yeah, going to be is. fine forever. 
Yeah. After when you the get lent money, you never have to pay it back, so it's fine. Hmm. <laughs> Do no after harm. The, after the financial crash, there was like nothing changed. Not only did nothing change, things got worse. And the yes. Tories have seen this and thought, this is what we want to fucking do. We want to make things worse, because only done, through making things worse can we make things better. They've that done the, a- the opposite of learning a lesson from this. <laughs> it's like we shot ourselves in the foot and thought, oh, there's another foot down there to well, shoot. Like, like, this is the one time where I, I I believe the thing about Steve Bannon being, a, like, he called himself a Leninist, right? Which is deeply stupid and insulting. But because he wanted things to get worse, worse he was the word he was reaching for was accelerationist mm. i i think the tories are doing that but i think most of them are too dumb to realize as a tory party being infiltrated with like yeah <laughs> dominic cummings dominic cummings uh, history's greatest posadist agent <laughs> <laughs> no come on that's still joe swinson yeah um, uh, D- Dominic Cummings, I think he might be like a fifth column Hojaist. Um, <laughs> Just no, but we're also, gonna like, have an entrepreneurship fund for building bunkers. Joe Swinson <laughs> and the Khmer Jaune. Here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Right. Uh, I actually do believe, like, making society, making things worse, kind of, whether they accept it or not, is their goal. Because if you believe, if you really believe in social Darwinism, right, then. You want to make it so that everything in society lines up with the fact that just th- that like the, the the one strongest person gets everything and just shits on everyone else. Mm, the strong um, will do what they can, and the weak will suffer what they must. And for some reason, the strong is me. This like effete, uh, kind of extremely long-limbed, fucking uh, <laughs> posh cunt. Yeah, like exactly. I, I, I'm the strong one. It's definitely not because there's a wall of fifty police officers between me and everyone who hates my guts. Mm. Like the whole structure of the the lives of these like freaks is like through their private schooling and through their Oxbridge education. They've been like had it drummed into them that their privilege is deserved mm-hmm. and they earned everything they've got. So naturally, they're going to be like pursuing policies that shore up that idea. Mm. Well, so well let's the, not the, start so the, talking about Oxford education. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a so, second here, folks. <laughs> yeah, maybe Cambridge. It's, it's the good ending of private schooling in Oxbridge is you start a podcast, and the bad ending is you. <laughs> That's uh, the do no harm ending. Yes. Mm. Um. So that right. So just going going back to this because we I want to finish these in sort of relatively short order. Um. But I think the idea that this is a mistake is wrong. They know what they're doing. It's on purpose. They want to make your life worse because that makes you more easy to control. While always so business, while always backing entrepreneurs that choose to make the UK the place to invest and set up a business, we will take further action to redesign the tax system so that it boosts growth, wages, and investments and limits arbitrary tax advantages for the wealthiest in society, except mm. for all the places where it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we want them to be on purpose tax advantages for the wealthiest in society, like the Entrepreneurs Relief Fund, or how we're just going to subsidize like Amazon Web Services for everyone. We are also strengthening the UK's corporate governance regime, and will reform insolvency rules so that customers and suppliers and taxpayers are better protected when firms like Thomas Cook go into administration. Which is going to happen a lot. Mm. You're going to be, be a, a way to, to stop firms from going into administration, no, especially no, firms that, that provide public services. That, that, that's be some government that. overreach. <laughs> uh, you, you, you can't do that. You can only uh, like commission a study to review the possibility of increasing the regime of corporate governance. 
see which uh, the best way to increase competitiveness between this one rail line in the west coast. <laughs> mm. Um, and they, here's the other thing, right? They haven't, they have not even like done the the little nod to like worker control that um, uh, uh the Lib Dems did, where it's mm. like, nope, not even boards. We're not even going to do like the fake Germany thing, where it's like, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a workers' council. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, at every board meeting, there's one guy who has to like sit in the corner wearing like overalls, and everybody mm. pays attention to him for five minutes at the start. Um, like, yeah, they've so like they, I'm just actually looking through the 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 um the word worker, uh, and it's no, uh, they're being protected while preserving dynamism, uh, and by being used dynamism as dynamos. Uh, yeah, and th- what they're doing with zero hours contracts is they are giving people more flexibility uh, in them. Uh, by the way, that's the one mention of zero hours contracts if you're keeping um, score at home. So one. Uh, anyway, um, what else do they say? Uh, we will also carefully study the results of ongoing investigation at Thomas Cook's collapse and improve incentives to attack the problem of excessive executive pay and rewards for failure. You know, the entrepreneur's <laughs> subsidy, uh, just paying you to actually adopt Amazon Web Services, um, you know. Did, did they ch- just say that they would improve incentives to attack the problem of too much incentive? Yeah, it's just more incentives, just a higher, more incentive mm. density. We're going to incentivize famously non-greedy billionaires to take slightly less bonuses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to give them an You get a non-bonus-taking bonus, <laughs> which is a mysteriously <laughs> identical to your last year's bonus. We're going to encourage people to make less incentives. Um, so, universities. The UK is home to leading universities, which attract students from all over the world and generate enormous benefits for our economy and society. They also do an excellent job of generating many of the skills that our economy needs, producing globally renowned scientists, entrepreneurs, and creatives, and enabling millions of people to fulfill their potential. There's also Anyone a having- bunch of them that are currently on strike at the moment because everyone's on zero hours contracts and like teaching fucking eight week modules for 216 quid and shit like that. Uh, you see, Alice, mm. um, by going on strike, they're not fulfilling their potential. That's true. That's well, true. Just the the UCU hates innovation. And <laughs> yeah, those are the, the labor aristocracy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah, I so mean, the left any- are all about a minimum wage, but how much are they paying those people per hour to strike? <laughs> Anyone have a guess of what the top line policy is with regard to universities? Um, yeah, is it... Fuck, more of them, perhaps? Uh, no, it's exactly the same as the Lib Dems. Oh, uh, skills wallets. We will look at the uh, no without the skills wallet oh. is on universities specifically. They will look at the interest rates on loan repayments with a view of reducing the burden of debt on students. I'm glad they'll look at it. Yeah, they'll look at it. <laughs> yeah, mm. <laughs> <laughs> seems fine. There it is. <laughs> We've I'm it. not an economist, but I'll take a look. <laughs> Just oh, fake you. economist. <laughs> <laughs> you're a cheeky bastard for a tuition fee. <laughs> oh, Just sorry, Yanis another... Varoufakis, but for some reason he's got like a really thick like East London accent. <laughs> and he's going, okay. oh, you're a right and- monetary policy slag, aren't you? <laughs> and just just like the Lib Dems, their other main commitment with universities is we will strengthen academic freedom and free speech in universities. Awesome. Mm. It's illegal mm-hmm. to no platform anybody. You have to. Um, everybody has to listen to me at the Oxford Union. Anything Constantine I want. Kissing. He's oh, back, sorry, baby. Sorry. There's a caveat here. Uh, you can't support BDS. 
<laughs> no. So that's not free speech, though. That's racism. Yeah, exactly. That's the difference. We're also going to unleash innovation because the UK has a proud record of innovation <laughs> and democracy. Gonna unleash the innovation gimp. Yeah, mm. we, uh, we are the country that gave the world penicillin, the internet, and the theories of gravity and revolution. Don't forget and the we railways. Did it through capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, that's the phrase that he used at the start of the man, uh, the lion trapped in its cage. That was the fucking Boris Johnsonism that he used for that. Fuck me. Yeah, we gave the world penicillin, uh, and uh, it was absolutely because what, like, we like funded Amazon more. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. We we and we, we just we just like beneficently like distributed it to the whole world. So we are committed to the fastest ever increase in domestic public research and development spending. Um, some of this new spending will go to a new agency for high risk, high payoff research at arm's length from the government. So Moon they're trying shots. to make Moon shots. <laughs> <laughs> Like, is it possible to suck your own dick? And literally, they listened to our, our like episode, our two episode series on the MIT Media Lab, and thought, mm, "Yeah, sounds awesome." Yeah, we're gonna do an MIT. Pity we can't get it's, Jeffrey Epstein to fund it. Oh it's, well, it's gonna be well. I mean. Prince Andrew's <laughs> royal patron of, maybe. Exactly, but, yeah. Like, it's going to be fucking the same things from the MIT Media Lab. They're going to go back to the plant computers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Prince yeah, Andrew we- starts his own pizza restaurant and all the profits go to just, like, funding a guitar that can read your mind. <laughs> <laughs> we, fun- we've, we have a new kind of office chair that's heated, but it's just on fire. <laughs> <laughs> we will use our billion-pound Ayrton Fund to develop affordable and accessible clean energy that will improve lives and help us lead the world in tackling climate change. Is it named after Ayrton Senna? (laughs) I wish. Uh, No, what it is, is it's just um, just something you can apply for. It's just just something you can apply for uh, if you want to innovate in clean energy. So, for example... Again, not to keep going back to this thing as a sign of priorities, but uh, twice as important as climate change... Potholes. (laughs) Potholes. <laughs> and, like, mm. that's the thing. Their plan for climate change is transparently not going to work. Mm. Um, it's because so, they don't give a shit. Because no, the idea it's, is they want to. It's one ki- big grift, and you can, like, get this billion pound grifting fund. It was low mm. down on Dominic Cummings' list of voter preferences and has just made its way into that manifesto. Um, and here's the crazy thing. They're going to use that money to kickstart private investment, cut down on the time wasted by scientists filling in forms. You know, like the kind <laughs> of thing you have to do to access the national capital for investment in a private se- sector solution no, to it, fucking climate change. Y- you know what doesn't have a lot of forms to fill in is emailing Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Mm. That, and- that, that was the previous science funding system and it's it's very low on paperwork. We will unlock long-term capital and pension funds to invest it in our scientific discoveries, which they've capitalized the D. Well, the problem was that the scientists were going to solve climate change, but then, you know, the the leftists in charge took away their science license for saying the N-word one time as a joke. (laughs) Yeah, they were this close to adding together the two extremely big numbers that that would solve (laughs) climate change. No, but also, like, think about that. We'll unlock long-term capital and pension funds to yeah. invest. We're just going to take... We basically identified all the money in the economy. We're not going to tax any of it. But anything that doesn't belong to, like, one of our rich friends, we're just going to put it all on red. Yeah, like, the, the, one ex- the one relatively safe remaining part of the stock market that could possibly, like, p- play some role in absorbing the, again, uh, giant wave coming for us over the horizon in one to two years 
years. Hey, we're just going to defund that and spend it all on moonshots. Awesome. Like, I, I kind Literally, of like- <laughs> a company that shoots all the salt in the, in the oceans to the moon. Uh, it shows how, like, like, unhopeful they are about the state of the future and their ability to deal with climate change that they're unlocking pension funds to deal with it. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> you won't be alive like, to spend Here's some it. free money that no one's going to fucking use. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> because here's the last bit because we've been going for a long time stewards of our environment our environment bill will guarantee that we protect and restore our natural environment once we leave the eu and this is because conservation has always been at the heart of conservatism yeah, it's environments like trees isn't it and like some it's, it's bushes basically and honestly that's basically as true as saying that the Na- national socialist german workers party was socialist i mean the heart of of like the whole climate movement is just aristocrats dealing with their lawn problems. <laughs> yes, we, we, we will uh, like create a climate sink of enormous formal structured gardens. <laughs> <laughs> we will set up a new independent office for environmental protection and introduce our own legal targets, including for air quality that we can break. We will invest in the future. This is the last, this is the last, the second to last point. We will invest in the future, helping us reach our net zero target with a 640 million pound new nature for climate fund. I don't fucking know what that means. <laughs> Building on our support for creating a great Northumberland forest, we will reach an additional 75,000 acres of trees a year by the end of the next parliament. Oh, so they took it from Justin Trudeau. Mm. Oh. So they took one of his policies. Mm. Also, 70, so he can protest against that now. Yeah, and 75,000 acres of trees a year like across five years is not that many trees yeah, that's like one rancher in brazil will undo that mm. yes it's a um, lot of dank though uh, that, that, so here's that the is thing. true i mean we're gonna end on this um they is mentioned this gonna their gonna net zero- pill me this is gonna yep. black pill me yep. okay, <laughs> cool. they mentioned what their net zero target is anyone want to guess what it is is it they don't have one because fuck you uh might as well be 2050. 2050, John. Fucking yep. hell. Circle takes the square. <laughs> Fucking the conservatives hell. literally want to kill us all. <laughs> is, is the appendix to this just Cormac McCarthy's The Road? Uh, yeah, might have. Who knows? The, the appendix to this is, I don't know, I hope, hope you don't get appendicitis once society collapses because uh-huh. the conservatives seem get, to be engineering yeah. that. Do you get think get your the appendix out and Did they get, get the 2050 number? Like, uh, do they get to the 2050 number before or after they decided to unlock the pension funds? Like, uh, oh, they unlock the pensions first. They leave you guessing, but they give you a clue. It's, che- it's Chekhov's unlock pension fund. <laughs> <sighs> All right, uh, we've been going for quite a while, um, so I think I'm going to call it there. Uh, John, um, time of I'm, death. <laughs> time of death. I don't know. A few years from now. Um, John, I want to thank you very much for coming down to the studio today. Thanks for having me. It's been a fun thing to do with my lonely days. <laughs> where where can people find you online? Uh, on Twitter at John the Duncan, mm-hmm. um, because I'm the only one. And if there's any others, I will find them, murder yeah. them, and take their power. John A Duncan. So it's a hi- oh, no, it's a no, Highlander. No, it's the Duncan. So it's a it's a hot. You're a Highlander rules. Uh, basically, yeah. Okay. Um. So uh, if if any other John Duncans are out there, uh, you're a Kurrigan. Uh, you got to watch out. I will find you. Yeah, he will behead <laughs> you. <laughs> um. And also, where can people find you on YouTube? It's my, the channel's John Duncan, which yep. is good because it's a really common name as we- <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh everybody do that also uh tickets for our live show with rob delaney are going very fast so there are some left mm. so um please do make a purchase of those mm. uh the oh, link will be in the description too. Uh, alice has a plug yeah well there's your problem my other podcast we talk about engineering disasters we just recorded one on 
Three Mile Island. So if you like nuclear things going wrong. Uh, oh, and the first Patreon one about Grover House. So uh, check oh, us out yeah. on oh, you YouTube. Got, and that's what I call a Long Island. <laughs> I, I, I really am interested in hearing the Grover House one. You absolutely have to. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, uh, and then otherwise, the usual usual stuff at the end. If you don't want these people in power to do this thing that they said they're going to do, you really, well, you can't register to vote anymore, but you can keep campaigning. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who registered who still don't know how they're going to vote or who can decide. Yeah. Okay. So look, the Lib Dems and the Tories have a lot of money, but what we have is people. So go to my campaign map, find a CLP that's organizing uh, a door knocking or a phone banking event in your area. You have to do it because if like... I don't know if, if if the Tories have just spent all of the money in your savings account on like a new robot dog that Matt Hancock thinks is going to inspire people to stop like you know using plastic straws. Then like it's because you didn't campaign enough. You have to keep campaigning. The polls are looking good, but do not trust them. We mm. must keep campaigning. I mean, also, wow, like that's a Brexit party position. <laughs> well, also, also a guy in Rotherham who was canvassing for the Labour Party got beaten up for doing it. So, mm. like, clearly it is making the right people afraid. I got chased mm. off of a Brexit Party supporter's lawn when I was campaigning last mm-hmm. week. Mm. So, look, when you're, when you're campaigning, also, like, be safe. Campaign, campaigning yeah. groups. Stay never, sexy, like, don't get murdered. Things yep. of that nature. Always campaign in packs. Corner <laughs> 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 lone Lib Dems and... You know, so stay safe out there, but make sure you're getting onto the doorstep and delivering the positive message that drink water, only, be yourself, literally and only it. labor has. Uh, and you can know all of the stuff we've talked about in our manifesto episodes to better equip you for having those conversations. Anyway, fucking vote labor. Mm. Mm. Dunces. <laughs> Fuck and vote labor. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's all we have time for. Uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Totally well. Bye. Bye. Bye.